On November 24, 1963, Jack Ruby shot Lee Harvey Oswald, no doubts there. Ruby fired his gun in full view of reporters, civilians, and even cops. He said he killed Oswald because he was outraged. After all, Oswald shot the president just two days before. And honestly, as far as motives go, that's pretty fair. But Jack Ruby didn't just kill Lee Harvey Oswald. He killed America's chance for closure. Without Oswald's public trial and punishment, America never got the end of the story of the JFK assassination. He left an entire country with a lot of unanswered questions. And it didn't stop there. Ruby died before he could be retried for murdering Oswald. It's like a loose end on a loose end. It is. And as anyone who's ever been on the internet knows, there's only one way to tie loose ends up. Conspiracy theories. Today we look at the 10 most compelling conspiracy theories surrounding the JFK assassination. Hey, all you weirdos. Welcome to Crime Countdown, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Ash. And I'm Elena. Every week, we'll highlight 10 fascinating stories of history's most engaging and unsettling crimes, all picked by the Parcast research gods. This episode, we're counting down the top 10 JFK assassination theories. Another one close to our Massachusetts hats. Yes, Mr. 35, not to be confused with Mr. 305. <laughs> That was very yeah. Thank you, thank you. To be honest, I actually don't know a ton about JFK conspiracy theories other than the ones that have to do with the mob. Those good mob ones. Those are my fave. Yeah. I actually know a bunch because I got like in this weird vibe where I was getting mildly obsessed with researching them for a bit. Not you. As one does. Never. And my husband also loves, and I think you know this, he loves a good JFK theory. Yeah, I feel like everybody does. I feel like most people love a good conspiracy theory about like anything. Yeah. But I also think the fact that it's the Kennedy family and they're surrounded by so much mystery and intrigue and that just adds to it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the curse, the Kennedy curse. There it is. Well, conspiracy theories, I think, also just kind of help people feel like they're getting answers to something when sometimes, unfortunately, there are just a ton more questions <laughs> that get brought up. I know. And I think when it comes to the assassination of a president, it adds to the out of the box and like truly out oh, there yeah. thinking. Yeah, absolutely. And it's worth mentioning here that not all the theories on this particular countdown are about who killed JFK. JFK had a crazy interesting short time on this big rock in space, and speculation doesn't begin or end with his murder. So sit back, relax, and enjoy these theories. Elena has five, and so do I, but neither of us knows which conspiracy is going to be the wackiest. Let's stat the countdown. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy 
taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. Search To Die For in your podcast app to follow the show. Ten. I'll start us off with number 10, The Umbrella Man. This theory is about the seemingly bizarre presence of a man holding a black umbrella almost precisely at the spot where JFK was shot. It's strange because the weather was sunny and beautiful and no one else had umbrellas. But maybe he was like a particularly pale man who did not want to get burnt that day. You read my mind. I knew it. Because I was thinking I would carry an umbrella on a hot, sunny day. I do that sometimes because pale. Very, very light skin. So already I'm dismissing. Dismissed. Very dismissive of this. Judge Judith Scheindler has (laughs) dismissed the case. Dismissing it. Some speculated that Umbrella Man shot a poison dart into Kennedy's neck, immobilizing him to allow for the kill shot. I think that's very out there. I think that is a great theory just because... Whenever there's a poison dart involved with a theory, I'm like, yeah, that's probably what happened. I mean, that's scrumptious to like, (laughs) it's a scrumptious theory, but... It's great to chew on. No, no. Yeah, I don't think it really happened. Well, Oliver Stone's 1991 film JFK showed Umbrella Man sending signals to his fellow assassins. Oh, wait. I know. So this is one that got legs. Legs? It might have even had hands. We don't know. It's a spider. It's got so many legs. As it turned out, It was a man named Louis Stephen Witt, and he had gone to D.C. with the umbrella, so he came with his umbrella. He's like, here's my parasol. This is my umbrella, and he testified to Congress to clear his name. Good for him. Which, can you imagine just coming to D.C. with an umbrella and having to go testify in front of Congress to why you had that umbrella? No, random. Like, that's sad. He had been protesting JFK, whose father supported British politician Neville Chamberlain, who carried a black umbrella. Oh, So he was just trying to be theatrical, really. He was a stan. He was. So Witt told the Congressional Committee, if the Guinness Book of World Records had a category for people doing the wrong thing at the wrong time in the wrong place, I would be number one in that position with not even a close runner-up. And to that I say, correct. Yeah, that's like an understatement. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Nine. At number nine is the theory that the Zapruder film, which is the footage we've all seen of the assassination, was altered. Abraham Zapruder filmed the clearest and best visual evidence of the assassination in Dallas that day. But the absence of one frame of the film sparked all kinds of conspiracies until the world finally saw the uncut version. Whenever you remove like one frame from a film, you're asking for everybody yeah. to be like, what? You're leaving so many questions. Yeah, even if it's a very normal response. And everybody has the craziest imagination, so you can only imagine. Of course. Imagination and imagine. <laughs> imagine with your imagination. The single missing frame of the Zapruder film was kept from the public for 12 years. So it's frame 313, and it shows the exact moment when JFK was shot in the head. Which explains why it was hidden for a little while. (laughs) Just going to say that. So Zapruder actually sold the rights to the original footage to Life magazine just one day after the assassination. Wow. Yeah. He made it clear that frame 313 gave him nightmares, and for the sake of the public, obviously, Life decided to remove frame 313 from the footage. That was nice. It was. It was a pretty good idea for them. But nevertheless, unofficial copies circulated and facilitated the creation of multiple conspiracy theories. And a little fun fact for you, 
1975, Geraldo Rivera got a copy of the uncut Zapruder film and played it on his show, Goodnight America. Geraldo would. And it's like, Goodnight America, let me leave you with this <laughs> horrific footage. Here's your president getting shot. You're welcome. Cool. Eight. Number eight on our countdown of top 10 JFK assassination theories is Mary Pincho Meyer, who was good friends with her neighbor, Jackie Kennedy, and also John F. Kennedy's mistress. In October 1964, Meyer was out for an afternoon walk when she was shot and killed in broad daylight. A man was found near the crime scene and was arrested, but lack of evidence led to his acquittal. And the conspiracies began. As they do. Dun, dun, dun. Mary Pinchot Meyer was a very well-connected socialite. She attended fancy schools. She was once married to a high-ranking CIA official. Like, she was doing it. She really was. She was doing the damn thing. Heavily involved. Well, she met JFK in high school because apparently her entire life was remarkable. Right? (laughs) Like, all the way through. They later started a secret romantic relationship after her divorce in 1958. When Jackie left town, she would visit JFK at the White House. You would think that they would, like, pick a a little bit less of an obvious meeting place. He's like, you know what? Just come over my place. Like, why don't you meet at Starbucks down the street (laughs) to grab a coffee? Literally anywhere else. Not the White House. And also, I'm sorry, Mary, but, like, do you think you're Marilyn? I know. Come on. That's the only one that I'm allowing to slip by. Right. And then who even knows if that happens? Who even? You know? Well, here's some conspiracy fuel. The way she was killed is really, it's interesting. She was killed with one point-blank shot to the head and one to the chest, which seems to be kind of an execution. It does, right? yeah, yeah. Like, that's not just like, oh, I'm going to shoot you from far away. It's like, that's an execution. That's on purpose. She was also killed after the release of the Warren Commission that stated JFK's assassination was the work of a lone gunman. She happened to disagree with that. Uh-oh. So, already we're getting a little like, huh, chin scratch. Somebody's trying to quiet her down. Let me scratch my long beard that doesn't exist. Yeah. The CIA also was wiretapping her phone. And after her murder, the counterintelligence chief was caught breaking into her studio trying to find her diary. Wow. She has like a very similar story to Marilyn. She does. And also, I want that diary. I want Marilyn's diary. I need to see these diaries. There's a lot of diaries we're needing. Oh, I need them. Seven. At number seven this week is the theory that suggests George Hickey, one of JFK's Secret Service agents, fired one of the bullets that killed Kennedy that day. Whoops. Like, that's a real (laughs) bad day on the job, sir. Sure is. George Hickey, who RIP is now deceased, was riding in the car behind Kennedy's limo. He was allegedly hungover from partying with colleagues the night before. So That's what you want in your Secret Service agent. Yeah, a hungover Secret Service agent, the best kind. Well, when Lee Harvey Oswald fired his first shot, Hickey responded by trying to fire back at Oswald's position. And the theory is that he was inexperienced with his gun, another desirable Uh quality for a Secret Service agent. Not looking good. And the car lurched forward suddenly, making him shoot wildly, hitting Kennedy. Oh, can you imagine? A series of unfortunate events, if I do say so. (laughs) So it's said that 75% of the American public do not believe the official story of the Kennedy assassination. So this is yet another possibility to cling to. 
And there's a movie called JFK, The Smoking Gun that suggests Kennedy may have died by Hickey's bullet and not Oswald's. It's like at work when you accidentally send like an embarrassing email to everyone instead of just one person. Right. Except this time in the office, you accidentally shoot your boss, who is the president of the United States, in the head and murder him accidentally. Yeah, same thing. It's kind of like that. Totally similar. So we've all felt this. Yeah. Six. Also on our list at number six is the death of well-known journalist Dorothy Kilgallen in 1965. According to author Mark Shaw, Kilgallen was killed by a man that she was having an affair with. He allegedly poisoned her drink. He was also likely spying on her for the FBI, the mafia, or both. Busy guy. Busy. Kilgallen was working on a book about the JFK assassination when she died. Fishy. Huh. Real fishy. Huh. Kilgallen died shortly before a planned trip to New Orleans to meet with a secret informant. That apparently was not so secretive. This is a spy movie. It is. Like, straight up. This whole entire thing. If I saw this in a movie, I'd be like, okay, we'll suspend reality for this, but it's real. But this is actual... This is crazy. This is life. Witnesses saw FBI men carrying files out of her townhouse a few hours after she died, but before police arrived. Are you kidding me? Which to me, it's like open shut. All right, that's it. Yeah, whoop, there it is. <laughs> like they, whoop, there it is. Wow. Ron Pataki, the man that Mark Shaw believes killed Kilgallen, had a bit of a criminal history. Ooh. So many believe, like, was he a hired hitman? Is that Helga Pataki's dad? It could have been. Hey, Arnold. I had to go there. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't to. not make that joke. You know what's good? I thought of that, too. So I'm glad we're on the same Yay. page here. But was he a hired hitman? Because if he had the criminal history... I think maybe, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to accuse anybody, but I'm just saying. It's all there. The facts do line up. You know, and then all her notes that she had collected on the JFK assassination. You want to know what happened to him? I think I can guess, but you go ahead. We don't know. They just went missing. I'm not shocked. Are you shocked? No. no one's shocked. Her book was never published because of the death. Well, that's really sad. I know. That really is sad. Well, I mean, how are they going to publish all this work. it? Right. But it's like she did all the research for it. It's such a bummer. It's like all the people that died in their diaries went missing. This one's sus. It is. Very sus. I can't believe we're already five in. I know. We're just tooting along. I know. What's your fave? You know, the one that I've always been kind of connected to is the Secret Service agent who's like hung over and is like, whoops, I shot the president. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just because it's so absurd, but it also kind of makes sense. Well, that's the thing, because we've all been hung over at work and it's like, you know, you make mistakes when you're hung over. Yeah, you send that email. You're not you acting know? your best. You commit an accidental assassination. It's all right. It happens to the best of us, I suppose. Big yikes. Big yikes. But I'm excited to see what's up next. Me too. Listeners, here's a new show I can't wait for you to check out. When it comes to love, every story is unique. Some play out like fairy tales, seemingly meant to be. Others defy the odds to achieve happily ever after. In Our Love Story, the newest Spotify original from Parcast, you'll discover the many pathways to love, as told by the actual couples who found them. 
Every Tuesday, Our Love Story celebrates the ups, downs, and pivotal moments that turn complete strangers into perfect pairs. Each episode offers an intimate glimpse inside a real-life romance, with couples recounting the highlights and hardships that define their love. Whether it's a chance encounter, a former friendship, or even a former enemy, our love story proves that love can begin and blossom in the most unexpected ways. Follow Our Love Story free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Five. All right, let's jump back in with number five on our countdown of JFK assassination theories. Starting off the second half of our list, was JFK taken out by the mob? Huh. There's no public evidence of an organized crime plot against the president, but JFK's brother Bobby and a few mobsters made comments after the president's death that have caused some speculation. Ooh, do tell. These are my favorite. So Robert Kennedy was attorney general at the time, and his main deal was prosecuting organized crime. Sure was. That was like his whole entire campaign and his whole entire deal. His whole deal. Like I said. It was his whole vibe. It was such a vibe. It (laughs) It was was a vibe check. He was doing a vibe check. He was. On the mob. (laughs) So RFK's biographer said that directly after JFK's death, Robert was worried that his actions towards the mob and desire to kill Fidel Castro had backfired. So he was feeling like survivor's brother guilt. Yeah, that's sad. It is really sad. And at one point, he had also rallied to have New Orleans crime boss Carlos Marcello deported. Uh Uh-oh. So that's just adding fuel to the fire right there. We're getting deeper here. In return, Marcello even blurted out a Sicilian curse of revenge at RFK. Wow. Add that to the list of curses on the Kennedy family. Wow. And then in 1976, an FBI informant said he was told Kennedy was, quote, not going to make it to the election. He was going to be hit, end quote. Oh, so that's that's spelled it out right there, (laughs) huh? In 1978, that same informant was murdered. Oh, that's shocking. You know? Wow. Informants get murdered a lot, which is really sad. It's a very hazardous job. It is. And then also in 1976, mobster Johnny Rosselli indicated Marcello was involved. And then Rosselli was also murdered. Everybody's dying. It's like, you spill the beans, you're going to die. Yeah, you're either talking or dying or both. Seriously. And that makes it easy to see why Marcello has been suspected over the years of having some involvement in the planning of the assassination. Yeah, it's a lot like of, a lot of people are dying. <laughs> the final mob theory is that the mob offered JFK as a favor to Jimmy Hoffa who in return started to give the mafia access to the Teamsters pension fund. I love how they're just like throwing any mobster and they're like, let's throw Jimmy Hoffa in there as well. They're like, who else was a big name at the time? Four. Landing at number four this week is the conspiracy theory that the FBI was behind the assassination. There are some compelling elements to this theory, especially the fact that J. Edgar Hoover, who was running the FBI at the time, was about to lose his job, mainly because JFK disliked him. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hoover was 68 years old. Federal law at the time required him to step down on his 70th birthday. He knew that Kennedy wanted him gone. 
So already we're stacking it up. He's already TO'd. Hoover had publicly battled JFK and his brother and thought that the siblings would fire him after the 1964 election. So it sounds to me like, you know, he had a motive. We're trying to keep my job here. Motive is there. The theory here is that Hoover knew of various plots to kill Kennedy, but he just took no action. Okay, because I was going to say, I don't really think like that head of the FBI was like, no, I did it. I don't think he was like, yes, I absolutely did this. He just made it easier. But the theory that he's like, did I hear about it? And just maybe turn the other way and hum a little tune? I think maybe. that happens a lot in politics. I think it happens uh, like every minute in yeah. politics. It's <laughs> happening right now. Currently. He failed to inform the Secret Service of threats to the president's life. So he took an uncharacteristically hands-off approach to investigating possible conspirators. So it's getting weirder and weirder here. Yeah, it is. And the thought is that Hoover orchestrated an early transfer of power to his ally, LBJ, who as president could and did exempt him from mandatory retirement. So it took away that 70th birthday thing. I mean, this is like a pretty strong theory. It's all kind of lining up because if the president goes away, he gets what he wants. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And it literally happened exactly how he wanted it to happen. Right. And the theory is that Lee Harvey Oswald was an FBI informant who killed Kennedy on orders from the bureau. Wow. I know. Again, it's all sounding like that's absurd. Right. It's like, a movie. But is it? Is it really absurd? I want to know how they would, like, find somebody and make them kill the president, though. You got it. Yeah, that would take a lot of convincing. But who knows? Not me. There's also another theory that Oswald warned the FBI of plots to kill Kennedy, only to find himself framed and then silenced by fellow informant Jack Ruby. Lots of informants gone wrong here. Informants on informants on informants. Seriously. <laughs> and one of you is gonna die, or all of you. It seems like all of them. Elphine. The end. Three. Number three on our countdown of JFK assassination theories is that Lee Harvey Oswald was working with the Cubans, the Soviets, or both. After Oswald was released from active duty in the Marine Corps, he defected to the Soviet Union in October 1959 and then came back to the U.S. in 1962. But it's a trip he took the following year to Mexico City, while under investigation by the FBI and the CIA, that landed this theory on the list. Ooh. It's like, how do you do like a secret trip while the FBI and the CIA are watching you? I know, it's like, hold on, I'm just gonna dip real quick. I'll be right back. Well, and that kind of lends favor to your previous theory. It kinda does, you're right. In September 1963, Oswald went to Mexico City and visited both the Cuban and the Soviet embassies in an apparent move to get a visa. So what Oswald was doing for the rest of the time in Mexico remains the most important unrevealed secret in this entire case. Reveal it. I can't. Ugh. Reportedly, he contacted a KGB officer in Department 13, which the CIA described as, quote, charged with sabotage and assassination. Oh, so again, whoop, there it is. Whoop. There it is. Secrets uncovered. <laughs> there were also reports that CIA documents about Oswald's Mexico City visit were withheld at the last minute shortly before the assassination. Hmm. A former CIA officer believes that the government freaked out and shut down the investigation as a possible cover-up. 
government just freaked out. I mean, I think that happens a lot also. It does. Lots of cover-ups in crime. So many freakouts. And they realized that the Secret Service wasn't informed, so they couldn't confront Oswald before Kennedy's visit to Dallas. Wow. And then in 1967, a Cuban intelligence officer is said to have called Oswald a great shot during an interrogation. Oh. He literally said... Oh, he was quite good. I knew him. Oh. He's like, oh, that guy? I know him. He just slips that right in there. Good shot. Yeah, don't worry about it. And it's like, I think the FBI might have known that. Casual. The CIA, FBI, Congress, and experts have all dismissed a Cuban or Soviet plot or their involvement, obviously. They're not just going to be like, you know what? You got me. (laughs) You're right. You're right. There's some inside jobs happening here. There is. And I feel like some conspiracies are lending themselves to others. They are. They kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, they piggyback off of each other. Yeah. And I think that's kind of cool because what the hell happened? I don't know. And there's only two more theories. And I have like a couple ideas, but I just don't know what's next. I know. I don't either. I know what's next, but I don't know what's after that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So that's all I can say. (laughs) I just meant that I don't know what you have. (laughs) I'm ready for it. We're down to the final two spots on our countdown of JFK assassination theories. At number two, maybe the CIA is behind it all. In the early 1960s, Kennedy was angry with the CIA about their plans to take out Fidel Castro. The CIA was angry with Kennedy for failing to support more airstrikes on Cuba. Kennedy allegedly wanted to disband the CIA, so they had him killed. Whew. This, like, goes with my other one. It's, like, it's all an inside job. It's everybody. It really is. The FBI, the CIA, it's everybody. Everyone we're supposed to trust. I think that makes people just feel like they're still good at their jobs. They just, like, hated this one dude. Exactly. It's, like, it's fine. The FBI is still okay. Yeah, it's totally fine. Kennedy accepted responsibility publicly for the ill-fated Bay of Pigs invasion of Cuba, but privately, he blamed the CIA. Kennedy used the Bay of Pigs invasion to obtain the resignation of longtime CIA director Alan Dulles. Dulles later was a member of the Warren Commission, the panel that determined that Oswald acted alone, and the CIA was not helpful to the commission. And docs later released about the assassination also failed to reveal new details about Oswald's visit to embassies in Mexico City, which is exactly what you were just talking about. Piggy back. Piggy backing everywhere. And Russia's leaders knew they would have been the first suspects if they engineered an assassination on Oswald. Well, definitely. It would have been an act of war, which could have triggered a nuclear attack, which means points more towards the CIA. Right. Exactly. They're covering their bases, kind of. And this is what's crazy about all these. Every time I'm like, no, this is it. It seems like this is it. The next one, I know. No, this is it. This makes more sense. Maybe all of them are it in one like crazy convoluted story. It all adds up together. Well, Clay Shaw, the only man charged with conspiracy in the JFK murder, testified under oath that he never worked for the CIA, but was actually an informant. So he lied. Dun, dun, dun. A document surfaced, which seemed to imply that Shaw was cleared for a secret project, the nature of which is still classified. AKA killing the president. I want to declassify all of this. I don't know why it wouldn't be at this point. Oh, it makes me crazy. One.
And that brings us to number one on our countdown of the top 10 JFK assassination theories. Da 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 da. The Grassy Knoll. Oh, it's the theory. One of the most widely believed theories that contradicts the official investigation is that there was a second shooter. The theory is that at least one other shooter was stationed on the Grassy Knoll, an area JFK's car was driving past when he was shot. Three shots were fired that day. The first missed. The second shot, the magic bullet, passed through Kennedy and hit Texas Governor John B. Connolly. And the third shot is what killed JFK. Hmm. So, people have mocked the so-called magic bullet theory that a single bullet hit both Kennedy and Connolly. But modern forensic experts conclude that it's most likely the two bullets that struck JFK came from the same direction, the book depository. So, here's the second gunman theory. JFK's head appears to snap backward, which makes more sense if he was shot from the front. Because obviously yeah. that's just what Physics would happen. Yeah, but those who disagree with this theory say that it was just likely a physical reaction to the first non-fatal shot that hit him. And some witnesses claimed that they heard gunfire from the grassy knoll. But there's no physical evidence that has ever been found there. A cover-up. A cover-up, obviously. Medical personnel who treated the president at the Parkland Hospital testified that they saw an exit-type wound in the rear of his head. See? So. A cover-up. A cover-up on a cover-up on a cover-up. Loose ends on loose ends on loose ends. What do you think makes the most sense? I'm happy to see the grassy knoll as number one because I think the grassy knoll is a very good one. Yeah, I definitely think it so. It makes a lot of sense. It's clean. It doesn't involve a lot of craziness. There's no poison darts involved. No, I think the poison darts was a little much. The poison dart one is great. I'm glad it was number 10 because you got to say it. And then like the mob theories are fun, but I think it's like a little... Like, very involved. Way too involved. Like, too complicated. Someone would get bored of that halfway through and be like, forget it. We're exactly. <laughs> but the grassy no one, you're like, yeah. It makes sense. There really was. And the CIA and the FBI, I hate to say it, like don't come for me, Mr. FBI man in my phone. But, but like the theory just kind of makes a little sense. It just lends itself to all the other theories. And then, of course, we have the hungover Secret Service agent, which, absurd as it sounds, that one's could have happened. Horribly fun. It is. It's horribly fun, and it could have happened. Yeah. I'm not saying it did, because RIP, George Hickey. Yes, precisely. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Remember to follow Crime Countdown on Spotify to get a brand new episode delivered every week. You can find all episodes of Crime Countdown and all other podcast originals for free on Spotify. Spotify has all your favorite music and podcasts all in one place. They make it easier to listen to whatever you want to hear for free on your phone, computer, or smart speaker. And if you can't get enough of these creepy crimes, check out our After Crime Countdown podcast playlist on Spotify where we've handpicked even more episodes about this week's stories that we think you'll enjoy. And if you like this show, follow at Parcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. And if you like us, which you made it that far, so I hope you did, you can follow our other podcast, Morbid Podcast, on Instagram at Morbid Podcast and on Twitter at A Morbid Podcast and listen wherever you listen to podcasts. And in the meantime, keep it weird till next Monday. Do it. Crime Countdown was created by Max Cutler and is a Parcast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler. Sound designed by Kevin McAlpine. Produced by John Cohen, Jonathan Ratliff, 
Maggie Admire, and Kristen Acevedo. Crime Countdown stars Ash Kelly and Elena Urquhart. Don't forget to check out Our Love Story, the newest Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, discover the many pathways to love, as told by the actual couples who found them. Listen to Our Love Story free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.